Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health struggles using the blood work you already have right here on this podcast, but also in my new book, Why Are My Labs Normal? Go grab it on Amazon and let me know you love it and appreciate the knowledge by leaving a review for both the book and this podcast. In fact, this October, I have recorded so many interviews, I need to get them to you guys to learn and grow from faster. Each Tuesday episode is a double whammy. Each Tuesday episode will contain two interviews I had with two amazing guests. So let's jump in. But first, let me tell you a quick funny little story about myself. There will be a new one each Tuesday this month. So it's not very often that I get to go to the grocery store by myself. Usually I have my five-year-old and my two-year-old with me. And at times it can get quite crazy because they're five and two. So this time I had convinced my husband after I had already gone to Sam's Club for a $500-ish purchase of food, which I don't do very often. I only go to Sam's Club like twice a year but he was in charge of a young men's church activity. He was in charge of all the food for it. So I had to go buy the food. Well, we needed to restock. So I ended up going to Sam's Club twice in one day. Again, very unusual for me to even go there to begin with. So I convinced him that I could be there and back on a Friday night I could do it by myself and he could have both of the kids because usually when I want to leave the house and do the grocery store shopping on my own, he always says I have to take one kid with me, with me. This time I convinced him I don't need a child with me. I could do it lots faster with that one. But of course, as a mom with two young kids running my own business, I need a break here and there. So I was going to go to Sam's Club and do the shopping that we needed and not hurry so much. But that's not in me. I realized 32 minutes later after I had my entire cart full of another $500 grocery store run, it had only been 32 minutes. And I was like, hmm, how do people meander down the halls and just kind of look at things? I like physically can't do it. I don't know how. It's always go, 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 go. Impact more lives. Go, 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 go. So next time you go to the grocery store, you can think of me and how I don't know how to walk through a grocery store slowly. All right, here we go. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. Today, we're going to talk about type 1 diabetes from a type 1 diabetes expert, Dr. Jody Stanislaw. She's a naturopathic doctor who does can help anybody and everybody, doesn't matter where you are. Um, but let's focus on type 1 diabetes today because it's a, I would say like an epidemic. Um, it, and let me just clarify, I all my patients have type 1 but I do work virtually. So I work with everybody and anyone that has type one around. I'm not, I am trained as a primary care doc, but I don't, I don't do full primary care. So I can't help anybody. (laughs) Well, type one diabetes is a perfect niche because there are so many people who have it. I know my mom's in the educational system and every school teacher now has to get educated on type one and to be able to inject insulin as needed when needed. So it's a it's a big problem. I even have family members with it. So I'm I'm excited to hear about you, your awesome. approach with it, and to help people realize that can this be cured? Can it be well managed? What can be the end result? Okay. Well, first let's define the difference between type one and type two. So type two, ninety five percent of people that are diagnosed as diabetic, uh, which I don't like using that term, but um, they're type two. So that is the worldwide epidemic um and it's diet and lifestyle related and also toxicities and and i mean it, it's um it's much it's, more it's reversible it's in, the one in that we associate with like older generations when you get yes, them even, or even unbalanced blood sugar 
A1Cs above 6.5? No, no, because type 1s can also have very irregulated blood sugar. So the difference right. is type 2 is, um, think of it as every time you eat, your beta cells have to make insulin. And there are lots of things that make the beta cells tired. And so um, eating a lot of sugar obviously is going to make the beta cells tired, but also toxicities in the body um, don't allow insulin to work as effectively. And then the body has to overproduce insulin and then again, tire out the beta cells. So it's um, the majority of type two diabetics, if I may so boldly say, um, could reverse their condition, assuming they adopt a very healthy eating style, exercise and weight loss, right? I like to see it as if you, if you broke your leg, you wouldn't have broken leg disease. You just put a system, you put too much pressure on the system. So in type two, there's too much pressure on the system. And when the body can't, um, make enough insulin, insulin's job is to keep the blood sugar level from not going so high, right? You have a flush of glucose into your bloodstream. Insulin's job is to pick up that glucose and get it out of the blood and feed it to the cells. There's a very narrow range of blood sugar that you want. 70 to 120 is are the numbers, 70 to 120. So if you're fasting state, you're probably below 100. After you eat, you probably go up to 110, 120, maybe 140, but then you come right back down. And so you need glucose in the blood, but you don't want too much. And if your insulin is weak, then you go to 120, 130, 140, 200, 250, right? And too much blood sugar circulating the bloodstream imagine it like ripping apart the sides of the arteries too much blood sugar high blood sugar over the years causes heart disease kidney failure strokes blindness gangrene so it's high blood sugar regardless if you're type one or type two is not good for you um but type twos are reversible in the large majority of the case, because if you don't put too much pressure on the system and you take care of your body with a good diet and exercise and you lose weight and you optimize the system, then quote type two can go away right now. You can't ever, you know, mistreat your body again and think you're not going to have it come back. So I like to empower people to understand that type two is very manageable by changes mostly by changes in lifestyle, diet, detox, all that stuff. Okay, so that is type two. That's what 30 plus million people in the US have all over the world. You know, it's that is going crazy with, you know, ever since we became a low fat, eat high carb, you know, in the 80s, like that just took off and it hasn't stopped. So the CDC says that one in three Americans are going to be type two by like 2050. So, um, it's not a good thing. This this diet that that is standard American diet, right? The sad diet, standard American diet. It is creating a type two epidemic. Um, type one, which is what I was diagnosed with when I was seven. That was in okay. 1980. Um, I didn't kill my beta cells. M beta cells are what make insulin. Something confused my immune system and attacked and killed my beta cells. So I got super sick and I've been injecting insulin every single day since I was type one, since I was seven. And nobody has figured out yet how to make my insulin producing cells come back. It doesn't matter if I lose more weight or if I eat different or if I hike Mount Everest, I, it's like I'm losing, I've lost a limb. We haven't figured out how to get it back. So type one, as with all autoimmune diseases, um, autoimmune is theorized to be greatly initiated by environmental triggers, anything that weakens or stresses out the immune system. 30% um, of type ones and maybe more now with COVID have had some sort of viral infection in the few months prior to diagnosis. Low vitamin D, which weakens the immune system, has been theorized as a cause for the immune system to be confused. Um, as a naturopathic doctor, I also want to consider gut inflammation, um, parasites and, and other viral infections um, because most of the immune system lives in the gut. So if you have an unhappy gut, which I did as a kid, I was only breastfed fixed six weeks. I had tubes in my ears from food allergies. I lived in Seattle, I had low vitamin D. Um, you know, I have lots of other theories as to why I got it. But if you have the majority of your immune cells in your gut, it, it 
it logically makes sense that if your gut is inflamed with all these things that it doesn't make it happy, your immune system is going to be negatively impacted, right? So type one, I, I've helped thousands of type ones around the world. I've worked virtually with type ones for over 10 years. And um, my job in helping type ones is understanding how to dose insulin on a daily basis in order to keep blood sugar levels in range because diabetes itself damages nobody. High blood sugars are what is damaging. So if I could keep my blood sugar perfectly between 70 and 120 all the time, my risk of heart disease, strokes, kidney failure, blindness, gangrene would not be elevated. Now, the process of keeping my blood sugar level in a perfect range is very hard. <laughs> and I teach people the 101 variables beyond just what you're eating that can make blood sugar go up and down. And it is a constant 24-hour day, seven-day a week, all year long management process because every day is different, right? It's kind of like I, I tell my patients, we're like sailors. We know how the sailboat works and we know how the wind patterns work and we know how sails work. But guess what? Every day you take the sailboat out, you're going to have to deal with different variables, right? If I get to eat differently, if I'm going to exercise differently, if I'm PMSing, if I slept well, if I didn't sleep well, all these things affect blood sugar. So my job is to help my patients figure out how to stay in range. What are some of the tips that you can share with those who are listening like that could help them keep their blood sugar in that range? Yeah. So I have a private program. It's a three-month program. And I have a whole curriculum that I, I take them through. Unfortunately, most patients with type 1 are never trained to the level that they need to keep it in range. Um, like I said, the 70 to 120 is, a, is perfection. But the average type 1 has average blood sugar levels of 165 or higher. Less than 30% of type 1s can stay below 150 most of the time. So it's... Uh, it, it, it's a very complicated process. But um, one of the things, of course, I recommend is the lower carb you eat, the easier your job will be, right? If you want a bowl of oatmeal with blueberries and bananas and brown sugar versus some, you know. Eggs and sausage and bacon. I mean, you know, I'm also, I want to eat, I, you know, I do encourage people pure, clean, you know, sourced proteins, but yes. A scrambled egg breakfast is way easier to manage your blood sugar than oatmeal and brown sugar. <laughs> so the first thing I'm like, okay, the, unfortunately, the medical system today tells patients that they can eat anything they want and just take more insulin for it. They give them this little formula of like, okay, every 10 carbs you eat, give yourself one unit, or maybe you're more insulin sensitive. And so that means you can eat 15 carbs and need one unit. Um, and so I've volunteered at diabetes camps before and they'll be like, okay, we're having 120 grams of pancakes for breakfast. So if your ratio is one to 10, just give yourself 12 units. And I'm like, that is crazy because, well, first of all, giving yourself a too much insulin can kill you. Um, because the 70 to 120, you have to have that much glucose in your blood for your brain to work. As soon as the blood sugar goes down to 60, down to 50, down to 40, you have brain damage, you can have a seizure and you can die, right? So if you give yourself a massive dose of insulin, how are you confident that it's going to reduce blood sugar from the blood take sugar out of the blood at the exact same rate that the pancakes are actually putting the glucose in the blood, right? So what happens if all those 12 units work really quickly and they're taking glucose out of the blood, but the pancakes have barely even started to digest, right? You don't even have high blood sugar levels yet because the pancakes take forever to digest, but the poor kid gave himself 12 units. And then it, so it's just crazy to do it that way. So I always empower my families to say, hey, don't tell your kid they have to eat this because they're diabetic. I'm like, this is a family family thing. Everybody yeah, should be eating sure. foods. Everybody should be eating whole foods most of the time. And, you know, if you are eating mostly whole foods, you're generally eating, you know, lower carb because you're not having Pepsis and you're not eating 
chips and crackers and frosted flakes and cookies and ice cream and you know um now i'm not a hardcore you know militant person i always say we do need a little bit of wiggle room you know i want to have cookies and ice cream i just don't eat them every day you know it's a so treat low, so low carb is is key and then the specifics of insulin dosing is is pretty detailed i don't know if we want to get into that on this short interview <laughs> How to dose insulin properly is very detailed. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot to get into type 1 diabetes. So if you're like, I just need someone help, go join Dr. Jody. Uh, you can find her at drjodynd.com on her website. So here's a little bit of overview for type 1 diabetes. Um, I know the ones that I, the type 1 diabetics I know, when they get elevated, they go grab some junk. And it makes no, 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 me no. when their blood sugar level goes low, they grab junk. Yeah, sorry. If they're high, they do not want to be eating more junk. Yeah, sorry. When they higher. drop lower, they're like, I'm going to go grab Pepsi. I'm going to go grab a cookie. I'm going to like junk. Yeah. What's a different, what's a better option, I should say? Yeah. Oh, yeah. First of all, most type ones aren't under, they don't understand how much glucose they actually need when they're low, right? You have to kind of think. I teach patients how to figure out how much you actually need because the problem is when your blood sugar level is dropping low, the body, the brain is getting sent messages that's like, oh my God, we're about to die. So please eat everything in sight. So I have had this many times in my 42 years with diabetes where if you let yourself get so low, it will be impossible to stop eating. Like if you go into the fridge when you're low, you might not close the fridge for 20 minutes. I've done that before. If you get a Pepsi and you only need two sips of it, you'll have the whole 32 ounce or whatever it is. So uh, the first thing is I want to teach people how to figure out how low you're actually going. And that's 100% dependent on how much insulin you've recently given, right? Insulin is the biggest factor that drops us. Um, exercise plays a part too, of course, but that's a whole other story. Um, so I don't like people using treats to treat their lows because when you have messages sent to your brain that you need to eat the whole world, it's pretty hard to have control around whatever you're putting in your mouth. You just, you're going to weigh overthink, and then you're going to have a massive low that you're eating for. And then guess what happens an hour later? You go to 300, you know? So that's the roller coaster, the blood sugar mm -hmm. roller so I personally recommend every patient to always have glucose tabs around. So glucose tabs are these little round powdery things. Each one is four grams of carb. So number one, you know exactly how many carbs you're getting. Unlike when you just stuff your face with whatever. Um, two is you're, it's very hard to want to eat 10 of these. They're kind of gross. They're kind of powdery. If I know I need three, I have three. If I know I need two, I need two. But if you gave me, you know, chocolate chip cookies to treat my low, how many carbs I need would just be completely out the window and I'd eat five cookies, you know, and then I would be 300. So glucose tabs, they are not a whole food. They are full of colors and not great things. This is not actually a glucose tab pack. I just use the electrolyte containers because they're convenient because um, I buy these in a big, big bottle. But um, I, I resisted telling people to use these for many years because I'm such a like, let's eat whole food junkie. But then I was like, you know what? If you depend on a banana to treat your low, if you depend on dates to treat your low, if you depend on dried apricots, you're going you're gonna to eat way too many. You're just gonna eat way too many. So I do recommend figuring out my formula, work, if you work with me or whatever, like you have to figure out how much, how much insulin is on board, thus how much the momentum is of making you go low. And then you can figure out how many glucose tabs you need. And that's how I recommend treating lows. <laughs> glucose tabs. Glucose I've, heard of, I've heard of the glucose pouches too, where they just like spray in the... Yeah, that's mostly for athletes and things. That's why they're marketed for. They do work, but the problem is it's often more carbs in that packet than you need. There's no packet that only has four carbs in it. Most packets have 20 or 50 carbs in it. And then again, you're going to do the roller coaster, right? Yeah. Yes, very good, very good tidbits. Where would you suggest they buy those glucose tabs? Oh, any, any drugstore or, or Amazon. Okay, so pretty simple accessibility yeah. you have a, pref a preferred brand 
they're all the same pretty much. There used to be like a, a cleaner ingredient brand, but he doesn't make them anymore, I don't think. Okay. So just pay attention to the glucose tabs. So pay attention to the amount of glucose per tab. And then you can go join again for three-month program. I have a lot of different offerings. I do, um, I do actually, I've created this non-type 1 diabetic thing that I'll tell you about. But uh, my main offerings are working privately for three months with a type 1 diabetic and or their family. You know, if oftentimes the kids are diagnosed, even though all ages now get type one, I have 50 year olds newly diagnosed. I have 70 year olds newly diagnosed. Really? Uh, yeah. Type one, autoimmune type one. Well, type one is autoimmune. That's how I differentiate between type two. Type two is there's nothing killing the beta cells except their own habits and their toxicities and things and the weakness in the beta cells. Type one is literally an autoimmune attack against the beta cells. Right. And those are who I work with. Um, I have a three-month private program, and then I have a monthly membership program where I go live every week, um, and I have online courses. Those are my three offerings for type one. So depending if you want to be a self-starter, self-learner, you can just do the courses. If you want community and a little 30-minute up, you know, tune in on Zoom with us every week, the membership program. If you want, like, I want to master my type one, and I want to work directly with Dr. Jody, then it's my three-month program. Um, so those are my three offerings, but I am just launching a new program because I've done a TED talk called Sugar is Not a Treat. Um, it has over 3 million views. And so I'm, I'm touching people all over the world now in terms of really realizing how damaging sugar is. I've obviously been a student of sugar since I was seven, since I've had to weigh and measure every bit of sugar I've put in my mouth for 40 years. Um, so I've come up with a new program that I fly to your house for two to three days and completely interview, interview your family, find out what's working, what's not working. And then we do a complete kitchen clean out. I go in there with boxes, get out of all the crap and then make up meal plans. These are five to 10 breakfasts that work for you. These are five to 10 lunches that work for you. These are five to 10 dinners, snacks, desserts. We go to the store, we stock your kitchen with everything that is vibrant and healthy and great for you. If you want the extra day, we cook all day and then pack your freezer with all the pre-made stuff. And then we do follow-up support Zoom calls after. So it's a big new thing. I don't even have it on my website yet, but you can email me and, um, you know, so that's my new non-type one. This is helpful for everybody because I'm so passionate about helping people understand how powerful food is as, as medicine. You know, as a naturopath, that is what totally inspires me. And it breaks my heart when I walk into a grocery store and you have an aisle of soda and you have an aisle of chips and you have an aisle of crackers and you have an aisle of cookies. Like, where's the food, people? <laughs> I, I love that idea that you would fly <laughs> to someone's house, mm -hmm. hang out with them for literally like take them by the hand. Yep. Get rid of the junk, bring in the good stuff. Because like as a mom, I think... Where it's just so overwhelming oh, sure. one to deal with yeah. the type one. I don't have a type one, but if I had, I know a neighbor, her, her son got diagnosed at one and a half years old and he's now like just barely two. So they're literally just barely figuring this stuff out at such oh a gosh. young age for him. That, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give you, give them your information. Yeah. And then two, if you're a practitioner listening and you do a lot with diet, Mm. Freak, fly to someone's house, reboot their kitchen. Totally. Meal prep with them. Yeah. I guarantee you there will be people who will pay you for that, who are begging to help you to have that offer. Yeah. 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 That's and I'll so do cool. like a pre, I'll do a pre-Zoom interview. Like, okay, let me meet the family, that whoever's in the house, right? What's going on? What do you like? What don't you like? And then I'll, you know, fly there and, uh, work with you for whatever and then you know follow up inner follow-up zooms how's it going let's make this work all that stuff so that's my latest offering so that's like so I said, cool. you would just have to email me because it's not i haven't even marketed it anywhere yet i already have people asking me for it and i haven't even built the sales page or anything <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm telling you people are wanting this stuff you just have to offer it yeah to create something like it i know when I hired my business consultant, that was one of his biggest things was people were asking him, can I please just come to your office for half a day? Can I just come hang out and have you reboot everything I've been doing? So that's what he yeah. does in his, in his mastermind is he hangs out with you for three hours. You can come oh. to his office. You can fly to his office in Florida or you can come on Zoom. Uh -huh. 
So it works. People want that. They want we need the support. top results. So don't just say like a $99 option for membership or whatever. Like go for it. Go yeah. all in because people want all in. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay, Dr. Jody, because we have a lot of practitioners listening, we kind of give a little bit of clinical or, or business advice type, right? This last few minutes. If you were to lose your practice and have to start all over, what would you do to? Like, what would I do with my life? Business. Or how would I manage? How would, you, how would you start a business from scratch? How would I start a business from scratch? Well, I went virtual 10 years ago. So I've been doing this even before COVID. So yeah, I was um, too. Now it's just the cool thing to do, right? Yeah. I'm like, now I don't have to explain. I'm like, no, I don't have an office. No, uh-huh. I don't have an address. No, just I'll see you on the computer. Um, well, the most important thing is to get your name out there as much as you can and collect emails. Like the better your name is out there on podcasts like this, you know, doing free videos, creating your YouTube channel, getting your name out there on all the other people that are in your same industry, but hopefully not direct competitors, you, like create community, create connections. That is, that's the best way I grew my business. I got on a diabetes summit and my name exploded. Like that's how I did it. And it took me three years to, you know, get my name out there enough to be on the summit um, and then collect emails because the size of your email list is directly correlated with the size of your income. And Instagram could disappear in a day. Facebook could disappear in a day. All the social media things could disappear in a day. But if you own your email list, that is your list. And people still, you know, email marketing is a thing. It is alive and well. And um, it is my main way to communicate with my followers is I, you know, send a weekly email or something like that. Um, I do have, but you can't, people can see you on, on all the social media, but it doesn't mean that they'll just disappear. They disappear all the time. You see somebody, oh, that's cool. And then you get distracted and then they're gone. Right. So having algorithms always change too. Yeah. So, you know, figure out ways to build an email list. You know, a lot of people created uh, landing pages before they even created a website. Here's my landing page. It's a, it's a free guide to, you know, how to make sure your, your morning fasting blood sugar level is normal. Give me your name and email and, I'll get, and you'll get my free guide. Hey, here's Dr. Jody's uh, low carb recipes, $5.99. You know, here's your, my, give me your name and email. And, you know, so as many little landing pages for your free offer, and then you're building your email list, you're building your email list, you're building your email list. Um, that's how I did it. And then I have a TED talk now, like I said, and I still get on podcasts and various summits and things like that. I'm going to be on a summit in August and one of the fellow speakers is Tony Robbins. So I'm very excited about that. And that's a big name. Big, big audience when you're getting into Tony's audience. Well, they're who I'm pitching my kitchen makeover program to. Oh, perfect. I was like, all all over the world for that one. No, yeah, it'll be good. All right. Thank you, Jody. Again, go find her on her website at Dr. Jody N D as a naturopathic doctor.com. Yep. And Jody's Jody. Why? Yes. Type one diabetes expert. If you know somebody, send them her way. If you are that person, go reach out because Definitely. your life can be so much easier navigating this world. I just had my free, a free call with a mom. She has four kids. Two of her kids, well, they all had COVID. The whole family had COVID. They have four. They all had COVID, mom, dad, the four kids. And then um, a month later, her four-year-old and her eight-year-old get diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And this is a thing. Like having COVID increases your risk of other autoimmune diseases like type 1. Viruses for sure. And she's like, you know, I picture my program and she's like, you know, I think we're just going to do it by ourselves. And I'm thinking, (laughs) why? try to figure this out by yourself i'm like i've i can hand it to you on a silver platter what you need to know you know it just kind of broke it breaks my heart every time i'm like oh my gosh i'm so glad you found me i'm so excited to work with you and then she's like yeah i think we're gonna figure it out by ourselves and i was like it's just remember it's just a matter of their value on their health and their their time yeah because she's gonna be spending hours years trying to figure out what you've already figured out in 40 i've figured it out yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, it is worth your time. It is worth your yeah. money. It is worth everything to you to make this easier on your life. For sure. Okay, Dr. Jody, there you have it. Thanks so much for the interview. I appreciate the opportunity to to share. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me and Dr. Kylie. 
we are going to talk today about the relationship between our bodies, our emotions, and our muscles. Here I have an expert with me. His name is Dr. Corey Sondrup, and he's from Ogden, Utah, so right near me. Um, but he is going virtual. So if you have any needs virtual with your health, and if any of this resonates with you, Dr. Corey, where can they find you? Well, right now I'm located in South Ogden. I'm actually just moved my office last September. So I am at 4605 South Harrison Boulevard, Suite 312. And I'm inside the Bank of Utah building next to the post office on the third floor. So and where are they going to find you virtually? What's your website? Uh, website right now is drcoreysondrupdc.com, D-R-C-O-R-E-Y-S-O-N-D-R-U-P-D-C.com. And we'll put that in the show notes, guys. Yep. Um, and, you know, we're still working on the website, getting the virtual portal set up, but we I can still do it. It'll be there by the time yep. this thing airs. <laughs> so... Let's dive into this topic of our bodies, our emotions, and our muscles. A lot of times we think about body, mind, spirit, but this is really more, we can actually have muscle pain and muscle problems with our emotions. So Dr. Corey, walk us through your journey on how you ended up with this specialty. Probably, well, I graduated from chiropractic school in uh, December of 95 and immediately opened my doors. Like I opened my doors, believe it or not, April 1st, 1996, and already had a background in nutrition and um, applied kinesiology. So I was doing a lot of muscle testing, a lot of nutritional testing and chiropractic altogether. And I really was feeling like I was helping my patients, but then the universe always throws you a curveball. And all of a sudden I started getting tougher patients and tougher patients. So I felt like I had to learn new techniques. And then early on, I had patients coming to me for emotional issues. And I'm like, I'm a chiropractor. I'm not, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist, you know? And they said, well, you've helped me more than anyone. I, said, I didn't do anything, you know? And so I thought, well, I better get some more knowledge. And then in the chiropractic realm, there's a technique called neuroemotional technique. That's Dr. Scott Walker's work. And then I learned how unresolved emotions or traumas or suppressed memories can get stored in the body. And it's based off Chinese medicine. You know, the Chinese knew thousands of years ago that, you know, fear tends to store in the kidney, anger stores in the liver, grief stores in the lungs. And then Scott Walker kind of took it from there and found, okay, well, if kidneys store fear and it's affecting the kidney meridian, then, well, the kidney meridian controls the trapezius muscles, the psoas muscles. And the trapezius muscles is what, I'm so far out of this. I, I want to say it's my back, but I don't even right, remember. Right here, these are your traps. Oh, yeah, the neck muscles, yeah. okay. Yeah, and so, you know, learning uh, NET, we learned how to address suppressed emotions or trapped emotions and free them up out of the body using spinal corrections or acupressure corrections. And so I went and did that for a few years. And then after a while, I learned more uh, emotional work from my good buddy in Las Vegas, Dr. Randy Roberts, who has a creative, his, his creative emotional wizardry seminars. And so he has more in-depth emotional clearing techniques. So between NET and uh, CEW, I just started incorporating it into my own practice and getting better results because, you know, if there's, if someone has, say you're going down the road in your car, you stop at the stop light and you get rear-ended and they come to my office or in another doctor's office and they got whiplash and they get adjusted 20 times and they're not getting better. Well, 21, 22, 23 more times isn't going to do the trick there's something else going on besides that structural imbalance. Well, say that person that got in the auto accident, say they got in a fight with their spouse a half hour before, so they're fuming and upset about the interaction between their spouse, they get in the accident, boom. So now you have the emotional imprint in on the muscles, the ligaments and the tendons and the vertebrae. 
you can do all the adjusting, all the acupuncture, all the massage in the world. They're not going to get better until you address that trapped or unresolved emotional issue in the neck. And that's, and so instead it's something taking 20 visits, four or five to clear it up. Yeah. And I think that goes along with so many injuries and chronic illnesses in general. Oh, yes. There's a reason why I, with my programs now, you have to work with a mindset coach and emotional therapy coach. Yes. Because the physical and the supplementation can only go so far. Correct. If you're not healing all the modalities, all the aspects of our health, you're going to come to roadblocks. Yep. And unless you're willing to approach those aspects and really dive into those subconscious emotions and traumas and whether they're big t traumas or little t traumas you're not only going to go so far and Absolutely. no supplement in the world is going to fix this yep. so let's take a deep dive here we're i have a form that we're going to take a look at this is your form mm -hmm. you guys can download this at his website um dr Corey sandrup dc.com we'll put this show note we'll put it in the show notes but you'll be able to see here on this form that there are organs in our body, so things like our reproductive organs, our lungs, our kidneys, our, our liver, all the organs, all the tissues, all the glands, and each organ is associated with some type of emotion. And then based off of that emotion and that organ, where can you actually experience pain? So Dr. Corey is going to walk us through this and give us some examples here along the way, but give us your top, top three. Scenarios. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, a perfect example is a girl I had in my office last week who is a competitive soccer player and she injured her SI joint, sacroiliac joint. In the you lower know, back, what most people consider the cause of low back pain. Exactly. And, you know, I was adjusting her and I, you know, when I work on patients, I'll, I'll do a couple corrections, have them get up, walk around for a minute assess their problem. If it's still there, I lay them back down, do more corrections. And I was just spinning my wheels, you know, because I sometimes I just get tunnel vision, but then I backed up and say, oh, well, her iliolumbar ligament is not firing like it should. And so, okay, well, what controls the iliolumbar ligament? The pituitary gland. What emotion is in the pituitary gland? Useless. So I Useless, just... Huh? Yeah, so I just this is all in your head. Yeah, these are all in my head. Oh, I gotta memorize. Sorry, and, and and just for the record, this chart here. This is a compilation of many people. I just put it all together, but really, this is based off Scott Walker's work, Randy Robert's work, Alexander Holub's work. So, I just put it all together. But it, these aren't really my emotions. You know, these are based on other people's work. So if we go back to where is the pituitary? I was looking for it. And I didn't quite see it right off the bat. Oh, there it is. Oh, right there. Hypothalamus. Hypothalamus down at the bottom. Useless, right there. Worthlessness, unworthy, useless. Well, useless goes to the pituitary gland, which affects the iliolumbar ligament, which, you know, instability in the low back. And so I tested useless on her and she went weak and I go, where are you feeling useless in your life? And she just broke down bawling and crying in the office. I had got it. We found it, you know, and she proceeded to tell me the story behind it. So I had her think of the story while I made some corrections on her head and on her spine and it cleared the emotion released and her pain went away. She got up, jumped off the table, was happy as can be. So crazy. It is crazy. And then she gets back and you said soccer field. Yeah. She's, yeah. She was playing soccer. Soccer. <clears throat> All right. So if you have a note, if you're concerned about feeling unworthy or useless, that can cause problems to your pituitary. Yeah. And just so you guys know, the pituitary is what directly communicates to your thyroid. Mm -hmm. So that. Right. That useless feeling can also affect the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access. You know? Yeah, and your and your ability to to control sleep. Yeah, not just so, sleep, but your stress level. Sorry. And then another big one I see in the office is with cortisol imbalances, and the adrenals. And the main emotion that affects the cortisol balance in the adrenals is chaos. 
So if somebody has constant adrenal issues and I've been supplementing and they're not getting better, I test for chaos, goes weak. Where's the chaos in your life? Most of the time it starts from childhood all the way up. So you have to address all the chaotic moments and clear the chaos to help calm the adrenals down. Mm -hmm. And voila, although ashwagandha can, can't help you if you've got unresolved chaos in your life. According to the chart, it also says paranoia, phobia, I have to swallow my pride, those kind of moments, or I've lost hope. Yep. You can experience pain from these emotions in your neck, your shoulders, your mid-back, your ring finger, joints, tongue, and your calves. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just like, okay, I got this pain. You know, you, you immediately think of someone in your life who's like always complaining about when they go running, how their calves just lock up and they just, it literally stops them from running. So yeah. I'm, I'm curious here. I'm going to tell you a scenario that I've been fighting okay. and it only happens when I run. Okay. I'll give you some background. Okay. I I'm a volleyball girl. I love mm -hmm. volleyball. I played volleyball at Southern Utah university where I played there for two years. Building muscle was not a problem for me. I was wearing size 12 women's pants right now. I'm in size four. So I had some, a big butt and big legs to get pants over. Then I graduated and someone convinced me to run Ragnar. Ragnar is a multiple leg event where you're in like teams. And this was the Wasatch back. So we're running from basically Logan, Northern Utah, across the back of the Wasatch Mountains to Park City where Corey lives, where Dr. Corey lives. Um, I was one of these legs and one of those legs was I had to run three different sections along that trail over a 24 hour time period. And I finished the race in park city, got in the van, drove to the fi final park, wherever it was, got out of the van. My, what knee is it? I think it was my left knee. My left knee popped. Mm -hmm. Couldn't even move it. Saw PT, saw a couple of different options while they were there. I'm like hobbling around. I, I run the race just fine. I was just fine with my legs. But then all of a sudden, I can't move my knee. This was 2012. It's now 2022. Okay. 10 years later, it only hurts. And it like locks up like the, it feels like it's the hamstring tendon where the, the, te the tendon connects into the gastrocnemius if i'm even remembering my yeah. anatomy right yeah um it feels like that locks up and i get like an, a mile into a, a light jog my knees locked up i can't go any farther okay i have seen relief when i go gluten-free but <laughs> i think there's underlying emotions tied with this oh. thing okay so let's dive so, in what do you think so, well with knees knees are some of my favorite i see a ton of knees and the main meridian that runs down the back of the knee is the gallbladder meridian okay okay and the two most common things with um trapped emotions or unresolved emotions in the gallbladder is resentment depression and forgiveness or not forgiving something or someone so if you have, if you're holding a grudge against, against someone and you're not forgiving them, it's going to affect that little muscle in the back of the, of the knee, the popliteus muscle. So your knee's not going to unlock right. And then, like I said, depression and resentment can also store in the knee from the gallbladder meridian. I wouldn't say depression. I wouldn't, I'm a pretty forgiving person. Mm -hmm. But here's but the when, they, when you said resentment. Mm -hmm. I have this media thought that I so badly want to have a billboard on I-15. Okay. And I just want it plastered on I-15 so every person in the state can see uh -huh. my face on the billboard. Sure. Just to prove that I did it. Uh -huh. Is that resentment? Yeah, that's resentment. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the other thing you got to factor in. And I work on, I live in Park City. I work in Ogden, live in Park City, but I treat 
Olympic athletes up in Park City. And anytime you're dealing with high level athletes, they're always getting injured, uh-huh. you know, just extreme sports. And so you doing that race, repetitive trauma, micro traumas, maybe the actual physical trauma is still locked in your knees. And then I go to a technique called injury recall technique. That's an old AK or applied kinesiology technique. If I don't take that pattern out, it's not going to resolve. Then your tendons probably exceeded their tolerances. So I have to reestablish connection between the tendons and the brain to make sure the tendons are firing like they're supposed to be firing. Take away the injury pattern. Then we could address the emotions. And like I said, knees, well, that's just the knee. What about the quads? What about the hamstrings? You know, the the quads and the hamstrings. That's the reason why knees are so complicated. That's the small intestines and the large intestines. Mm -hmm. You know, so small intestines typically deals with feeling lost in life, abandonment, vulnerable, unloved, insecure. Then you get into the colon uh, emotions, that'd be forced, coerced, feeling controlled, um, crying, weepy, judgment, melancholy. So that there's so many different emotions that could be affecting those muscles. So and when you're working with Olympic athletes, uh-huh. we all we you know you know they're having to receive physical treatment and therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you don't think about the emotional, the mental therapy that they're also receiving. Oh, it, it's huge at that at that level. They they're physical body and their mental emotional bodies have to be rock solid because it, it just takes a little thing to knock them off their post you know the their confidence level if their confidence gets shaken you know coming out of the gate they're going to be having problems so a lot of times i'll deal with emotional problems at you know while they're in the gate you know have them visualize okay you're at the starting gate going when he says that. gate he's talking like uh skiers yeah getting in the gate to go downhill yeah, yeah. And I'll have to walk them through and, you know, maybe they had a really bad crash. Now when they race, all they think about is crashing. So I have to go back and trigger out the whole anxiety and the fear of crashing. God, that reminds me of when the Winter Olympics were just recently. Mm-hmm. And we had that American female who was supposed to win like all the downhills and everything. And she kept crashing. She couldn't even finish the race. I felt mm-hmm. so bad for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet I, she's gonna have some trauma. She's gotta go back and yeah, she, relive, know. like all of us. We all have some type of trauma. Exactly. All right, let's jump back into this um file here. So <laughs> let's say someone comes with let's see here. Low back pain is pretty common. Yeah. Right? Low back pain is very common. And, you know, we address the pituitary effect in the iliolumbar ligament, but another big one we see with low backs is our psoas muscles. With psoas muscles are the main hip flexors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see a lot of that specifically in the spring, you know, when people go out and start doing yard work and they're bending over, pulling weeds or on their hands and knees, pulling weeds. And after a while- You're like me where you've been like sedentary all winter working. Exactly. And, and walking here and there, and then your brother gets this idea where, hey, let's take our two little kids and load them up on our backs and go hike the mountains and they're 30 minutes yeah. away. And it's like, what was supposed to be an hour and a half hike turned into a three and a half hour hike and my legs are shaking by the time I get back. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times with low back pain from a psoas, you know, if the psoas gets tightened, you know, or hyper tonic goes into spasm you're going to be bent over with back pain yeah we can adjust and do muscle work but what if there's some emotions tagged or being held in the psoas muscle so psoas chinese medicines kidney kidney is usually fear dread impending doom so if they're constantly focusing on a fear if they're dreading something or impending doom means you know something's headed your way like a you know, a bankruptcy or a lawsuit, or you're in college and you got three finals coming up. That's, and it's, that's doom. You're focusing all those on all those and it gets internalized, goes into the kidneys, kidney meridians, so as muscles, they lock up. And until you free up the fear, dread, impending doom, those muscles aren't going to relax. 
Well, I think about even the last two years where yeah. it's just everything we hear is made to feel fearful. That yeah, is I, I, that was I, the marketing scheme was fear tactics. Yeah. It, it's all chaos. It's all fear. It's all doom. It's yeah. It's been at a level I've in all in 26 years, I've been practicing these last two years. I've had a bigger emotional impact on my patients than anything I can remember. Yeah. And I, call it the, I call it the global shit show, but yeah, there's tons of chaos, tons of fear, tons of doom, anxiety, you know, and you have to sift through all that and get them calmed down and work on their, you know, their cortisol, their adrenals and get them calmed down and clear those emotions. And it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Thyroid's also another big one. So what, what can people do from an emotional standpoint to heal their thyroid? Oh, thyroid emotion. Well, the main ones with, you know, if you look, you know, if my other chart, you know, paranoia and phobias, you know, that's typically, those are thyroid issues. But, you know, if you even go, you can go into, I'm looking at my, you know, if you ever know someone that has extensive ones, this is the, the yeah, someone who has, version. you know, like people, I'll have patients come to me with thyroid issues and their emotions are all over the place. And I'll go, well, do you have unstable emotions? Do you get perplexed? Are you neurotic? Do you have mood swings? Are you confused? Do you feel it stressed out? And I we said, yeah, that's all of me. And that's your thyroid, you know, so a lot of, but a lot of times you can exhibit, you know, a thyroid that's nutritionally deficient or can, you can exhibit these emotions from an actual physical thyroid. It can go both ways. You can have a, a physical imbalance cause the outward emotions, or you can have an emotional trauma cause the physical imbalance of the thyroid. Yes. But so. as far as dealing with, you know, for someone doing it on them, you know, unless they're seeing somebody like me, meditation, the Wim Hof method, I'm a big fan of the Wim Hof method. Uh, yoga. That? Uh, that's the uh, Wim Hof. He's the guy that does the uh, breathing and cold immersion therapy. So he takes he's known as the ice man, he takes the ice baths. But he also has a breathing exercise he does and it does wonders for resetting the nervous system. He's amazing. Wim Hof. Yeah, W I M H O F. Wim Hof. He's a character. He has to be with that name. Yeah. Ice Man. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked a good amount about how our emotions impact our physical health mm -hmm. and how by healing those emotions, we can actually heal our physical health as well and vice versa. Um, as we as we're closing up here, I like to ask everybody on this season one specific question because it's designed more for practitioners. If you were to lose everything you had built the last twenty six years, what would you do now? <laughs> I was thinking about that, and you know what? I don't know how to do anything else. Well, you know, yeah, I do acting on the side, you know, part time acting, but I'm realistic. It's not, you know, if I lost everything, I'm not you know, 53, I'm not going to move to LA and start to build a career in acting. Healing, so if you had to build a practice from nothing right now, what would you do? I would definitely go cash only. I would, I'm so tired of dealing with insurance companies. I would not deal with insurance companies. I'd go cash only and just and just, you know, I have the skills, I have the knowledge, and if I have to start over, I can build it from the ground up again. Yeah. What would you say was the most helpful along your journey in building your practice? Well, that's a tough one. Um, for me, I always feel more confident and empowered the more techniques I learn. So if I learn more, I feel like I, I'm more confident and able to help my patients. Um, I think also things have changed the last few years um, with social media. You know, what, what used to work 20 years ago for marketing and advertising doesn't work now. It's totally different, you know, and I, you know, I'm kind of slow to the changes, but, you know, you know, knowing what I know now back, you know, when I joined Facebook back in 2007, I would have definitely marketed myself different than I'm doing, you know, 
than I had done before that. But um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, that's great. <laughs> but like I said, I don't it know. It is how very different now than it was 20 years ago. That is for darn sure. It's totally different. The world but, yeah. of virtual is even better. Yeah, which I'm really excited to, you know, I'm so excited about the virtual path. So if someone were to come work with you, what does it look like? If they were to come work with me, typically virtually. How Let's talk virtually. Virtually. Right now with virtual, when people like I have patients that are across the country, they will call me and I'd like to have a phone session. Okay. Okay, we'll set a time. I get out my appointment book, set up a time, and they call me. And usually when they're when I'm doing a a, a virtual, whether it's phone or Zoom or FaceTime, they'll call me at this designated time. They'll say, hey, I have this problem, this problem, this problem. And usually it's emotional or energetic in nature. And then I work on them using surrogate testing to figure out where the blocks and imbalances are in their body and using some other different techniques will shift it out of their body. You know, one of my favorites, you know, this was a couple months ago, I had a patient uh, jacked up her shoulder, uh, had frozen shoulder from an injury. And, you know, usually, like I said, I do emotional work and I'll do energetic work, but she had a true structural imbalance, you know, and she's, she's like this, couldn't even move her shoulder, you know? Okay. So I'm just testing the muscles. Okay. Supraspinatus, you know, looking at the bicep, tricep. Oh, there's an emotion there. And, you know, I worked on her shoulder for about 15 minutes and all of a sudden she's doing this and I'm like going, okay. <laughs> so, but for right now, virtually, I'll either be doing the emotional clearing, the energetic clearing, or counsel them on, you know, what diet, you know, because in my office, I do primarily low carb, no carb. So paleo, primal, keto, and carnivore. So I can sit and have a session with them about the diet. But I'm really excited about the blood work. I was going to say, now you get to add in the blood work too. Wait to start adding in what you do into the office and just take it to a whole nother level. But yeah, basically they just call, make an appointment and they call me at the designated time and they tell me what their main complaints are. And we, I run through the body and see what we can clear. And that's what we do. So if you're tired of getting told your blood work is normal, guys, Dr. Corey is in my 90 day program. He's, um, he's a referral of mine. So if you want to work with him, grab your blood work and he can help you read that the right way and get real answers healing and hope as well as combine all these other modalities with emotions the muscles all this other knowledge that he has that he can utilize to help you get where you want to be so go reach out to him dr corey at dr corey sondrop dc.com d-r-c-o-r-e-y-s-o-n-d-r-u-p-d-c.com thanks dr corey my, let me, I'll give my phone number 801-476-1752. There you go. You heard it right here. <laughs>
If you are a practitioner, come join me inside their private Facebook group for practitioners called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Everybody else, join them on Instagram at Systemic Formulas.